Hello, friends, and welcome to Y'all Need Witchcraft, the podcast for all things witchy. I'm your host, Rosemary, and welcome to Episode 7. In this series, I'm answering questions that are frequently asked of me when people find out that I'm not only a sexy badass, but also a modern practicing witch for the last 20-some-odd years. So this week's question is about divination. So what is divination? According to Britannica, it's the practice of determining the hidden significance or cause of events, sometimes foretelling the future, by various natural, psychological, and other techniques. So divination in its various forms is typically used to gain insight into a question, choices, the future, paths that we should take, or events that might unfold in the future. And while we often see it to just identify future things, it can be used in other ways. So most divination involves tools, and some of the tools a witch or other practitioner can use in their divination include, oh gosh, there's so many, tarot, runes, pendulum work, scrying, tea leaves, ovomancy, astrology, dowsing, bones, shuffling, and even umbilical cords. So today my goal is to delve just a little bit into each to kind of explain them, give you some idea of how they're used historically and today. So let's get started. First off is tarot. I think most people have heard of tarot cards, tarot readings, have even maybe used them. And tarot is a form of divination that's been around for centuries. Actually, um, it's been around for, we don't even really know how long. It was more possible after the invention of the printing press, and it's believed to have really gotten started in the mid-15th century, so the 1600s. There are so many versions of tarot out today. I went to a local shop, and they literally had a wall full of different tarot and divination decks, and they were fascinating. Most witches have some experience with tarot, and I do use tarot daily in my practice. It's used for many things in the divination and magical world, and I'd love to do a whole episode on that someday. Another common form of divination that we see currently, especially as Norse paganism becomes more popular, is runes. Runes are a form of writing or an alphabet or a language used among the Germanic people, kind of started in the first and second century. There's many eras and types of ancient runes, but Futhark or Fulthark is the alphabet that's most commonly used today for divination. I, again, think it's getting more popular as Norse paganism as currently rising in popularity. Rune casting is where the user lays or casts them out to get answers. It's really complex in that each rune has various meanings and it takes time to learn to, to read them. And I think they can be read many different ways. I haven't done much rune work myself, though I did call kind of feel called to buy a set a few months ago when I was at a local rock shop. So I'm going to be exploring that soon and I'm looking forward to it. Pendulum work is another form of divination that's commonly used. A pendulum is a very simple tool. Honestly, it can be any weighted object in a string or a chain. Most commonly they're used to answer yes or no questions, but some people do use pendulum boards or cloths, which have sections that the pendulum can swing into to give more clear answers. As I was researching for the podcast, I ended up on Amazon, of course, and doing image searches. And there are some just 
absolutely gorgeous pendulums out there. But of course, we want to shop local for our things, right? In addition to divination, they're often used to balance chakras, cleanse auras, clearing blocked energy or chi, and they're used for grounding and healing magical work. I have one. Uh, it's made out of lapis lazuli, which is a stone that's used to open minds and give awareness of self and enlightenment. I'd like to say that I use it a lot, but I haven't used it much recently. And one of the nice things about doing this podcast is I get to get into this stuff a little bit more, and I'll be doing some examples online this week. Another tool that I do use is scrying. This form of divination uses a reflective surface. It can be any reflective surface. What we often see are crystal balls, mirrors, bowls of water, polished metal, or rocks. The process usually involves a self-induced trance to see images or answers to questions. Interestingly, it's mentioned in the book of Genesis in the Bible. Ancient Persian kings used it, and Joseph Smith, yes, the founder of the Latter-day Saints, started his religion based on the reflections he could see in seer stones. He actually had one he kept in his hat, and he had a set of spectacles that he called the Urim and Thummim that were made out of seer stones so he could read the golden plates that contained the Book of Mormon source material. Another common form of divination is using tea leaves. So it's called tassiography. That's a cool name. And it's fortune telling using tea leaves. It can also include coffee grounds or even wine sediments. Hey, most often the reader looks for shapes and numbers and letters such as animals, mythical beings, objects, etc. This has some thought to being originated in Asia since tea is associated with Asia and practices there. Also, the Middle East or ancient Greece even, so places that had tea and coffee. However, there really aren't many sources to back that idea up. What we do know is it was popularized in Western culture in the 17th century as tea and trade expanded from Asia into Europe via shipping, trade routes, etc. The Romani are actually thought to have been the people group who popularized tassiography in the mid-1800s. It was very popular in Victorian times, and then once tea bags were invented, it kind of fell out of popularity for a little bit. Many tea houses still do different readings, and while it's around, I think as things do, tea popularity wanes and waxes, such as, you know, bougie pour-over coffee is the it thing right now. Next, we have uumancy or ovomancy. So if you speak any Latin or know anything about medical terms, eggs. So your your ovaries, ooh. In addition to divination with an egg, egg cleansing is also a popular divinate, well, not necessarily divinatory, but cleansing practice to promote physical health or to remove negative energy or to assess what's going on when you don't feel right. This practice is actually used extensively in many cultures and each way of performing divination with an egg is different. The egg, shell, and yolk are examined separately or together. The kind that I know about involves rubbing the egg over yourself and then cracking it in cold water and then reading how the oak and everything kind of separates as it settles into the bottom of the glass. One method you might find interesting historically is that eggs are boiled in colored water and then peeled and the marks left on the surface of the egg are then examined for information which sounds really familiar to something that's going to happen at a popular spring holiday that's coming up. 
another very common form of divination is astrology. I mean, you've read your horoscope at least once, and that's astrology. So using the stars for divination of your future, your personality, hopes, dreams, weaknesses, contact with your inner self, you name it. From daily readings to natal chart, astrology as a topic is a huge complex genre of divination and I'm not by any means an expert but I actually use my tarot deck in combination with astrology and astrological markings in a journal as a comprehensive meditation tool right now and yes tarot cards have astrological associations which is something that I'm learning about right now another form of divination that I found on TikTok recently I, I'd heard about it but um dowsing involves using wood or metal rods to find water, gemstones, oil, grave sites, ley lines, you name it. It's also used in divination to talk to spirits. And this might sound odd, but it was actually really a commonly used practice to find water sources for wells, and it was surprisingly accurate. This was called water witching, and it's believed to have started in the early 1500s in Germany, though other sources I found did mention using a divining rod or little stick as far back as in Egyptian times. By the way, you know, looking through different forms of divination and doing different studies for this podcast, Germany in the early modern period was lit. Their Renaissance brought the printing press, which really essentially promoted that literature about different divination techniques. And so that's really where we started to see it becoming more popularized, mainstream, and available to people. So you'll find a lot of research gives you back kind of brings you back to around that time period in Western culture. So European culture is what I mean by that. And less popularized by also common forms of divination include bone throwing. They use kind of animal bones in place of ruins. I hope they're animal bones. I, I didn't ask. Um, I bet human bones have been used for that though. And umbilical cords have been examined to determine the future of the child, which sounds gross, but it's pretty cool, actually. <laughs> if you've ever had the opportunity to see a placenta and umbilical cord, it's really, really cool that our bodies can actually create an organ to support life, isn't it? And one last thing that I'd like to top, kind of touch on a little bit is shufflemancy. And that is definitely a modern concept because it involves shuffling songs on your device to get an answer to a question for divination. So there's just a quick rundown of all the different types of divination that are popularly used. You might come across them. And of course, everyone uses them in different ways. I think in future podcasts, I really want to expand on this topic, have some discussions with different practitioners there's so much information out there, and I think it's really interesting how it uses intuition and magic and introspection in order to find answers, because the goal of divination is to find an answer, isn't it? Anyway, there's a quick rundown. If you have questions, please reach out. I have recently added a TikTok account at Y'all Need Witchcraft. I will be posting videos there as well as on Instagram under Y'all Need Witchcraft. And for longer conversations or if you want to reach out for resources or links, educational materials, I do have a Gmail at y'allneedwitchcraft at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Hope to talk to you guys soon.